The Canadian Improv Games is turning 40. For 40 years, it has impacted high school students' lives and continues to shape intelligent, unique, and passionate youth. But what happens when you graduate? How does the CIG impact the lives of alumni, of volunteers? This podcast is part of the Canadian Improv Games Roundup Tour and is designed to dive into the lives of alumni who have stayed in contact with the Canadian Improv Games. Before our alumni show in Sackville, New Brunswick, Michelle and I grabbed some pals and looked for an empty room at Mount Allison University. After an exhaustive search through student-ridden study rooms, we found an empty space on the fourth floor and recorded the following. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Canadian Improv Games Alumni Roundup Tour podcast. Here we are in at Mount Allison University in... Um, Sackville, New Brunswick, and as usual, it's your boy Spencer. And your main girl, Mish. And today we have with us... Samantha Carson. I'm from the New Brunswick and PEI region. I'm currently a volunteer. I do a lot of things with press releases and photography and just kind of an overall squishy human being. Just do anything I need to do. I've been with the games for seven years now, and I've been to nationals both as a player and as a volunteer last year, which was very exciting. Great. I am Andrew Arsenault. I've been with Canadian Improv Games for nine years. I'm currently a volunteer at the New Brunswick PEI region, where I am a judge. I'm Kirsten. I've been with the Canadian Improv Games for ten years, and I'm currently a judge with the New Brunswick and PEI region as well. And I've been to nationals once as a volunteer. <laughs> um, my name is Carly Furlong, and I just finished volunteering for my eighth Canadian Improv Games with New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island. Uh, I didn't play in the games as a high school player, which is an interesting little tidbit about me. Uh, I'm currently the regional director uh, for our region, uh, as well as the head judge. Cool. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we're going to open with the first question we always open with, which is, what made you want to get in, into improv? Uh, what made you go like, that is for me, and I'm going to stick it out for a long time? <laughs> Anybody can answer. Yeah. I thought it was a math thing. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we uh, all? Didn't we all? <laughs> yeah, it was in, it was in uh, the last year of middle school, and two people from our region came to our school to sort of start up a team, because one didn't exist there, and uh, my friend said, I think that improv has to do with getting better at math, and I was like, I'm bad at that. We should go to the meeting about improv, and then once I got in, they made me sign my name and my email address, <laughs> and that was 10 years ago, but I... I it soon became clear it had not to do with math and more to do with theater and we stuck it out and made a small team and I, I just fell in love with it um, at that point I hadn't even seen regionals I hadn't seen what the Canadian Improv Games was beyond doing these these little scenes in our school and sort of just getting together to play make-believe and make friends and then we went to regionals and I, I saw the full scope of it and I, I think even in that moment my little 14 year old brain knew that I wanted to do that forever um yeah, so it's, it's my experience starting out. Um, I guess my first introduction to the games was actually the, uh, Kirsten's coach at her school was the mother of one of my high school friends. And so in classic fashion of anyone doing anything in entertainment, bring everyone you possibly can. Uh, and so I got roped into kind of going to this show and I was like, sure, whatever. Seems fun. Uh, and it was just such a weirdly... Um, 
encompassing experience as an audience member that has no idea what's going on. Uh, and if you don't have any idea what's going on at a regional show, you probably won't, but might catch on quickly to just the fact that it's a bunch of weirdos uh, doing the best dang thing, loving each other so hard. Um, and so I thought, well, this is cool. Like, it's fun to go watch. Um, and then I think two years later, I was like, oh, I guess I could do it. Yeah. And then so I, I tried out and I made the team and, and here I am, stuck. <laughs> I can't escape. <laughs> yeah, for for me, I think I heard it in passing from Michelle, actually. I kind of got interested that way, but I wasn't sold on it until a couple other people that I brought up, hey, I kind of want to try, try out for improv, said, yes, do it. And then I ended up doing it. Um, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, not even at like tryouts or practices until like actual shows started and that's that's what really hooked me. Why were you Carly? Because you didn't play so there's no way that you were like your school had a team I guess though. Yeah and so I guess it's a pretty long story. Um, I went to high school in Prince Edward Island and their high school starts in grade 10 and so in grade 10 I knew there was an improv club but I didn't know anything about the Canadian improv games but I knew they had a team and so I went to one practice and they were really nice about it. They just sort of said, like, oh, we have our team from last year, but you can still come to the practices if you want. And I was like, thanks, guys. Um, but then I was really involved in, like, band. I was a big band geek. And so I um, made jazz band in grade 10, which was, like, a big deal because it was all grade 12s. And so I was really <laughs> happy about that. And we practiced on the same day that improv was. So I, I didn't do improv in high school. Um, and then when I came to university uh, after high school, I was at Mount Allison, uh, which is where we're currently sitting. And um, it was like that big push when you're a frosh where people are like, join every club, join every club. And so my friend took me to some sort of like theater meeting. It was called Windsor Theater at the time. And she had done like stage managing before. So it was just an information meeting. And at that information meeting, uh, Scott Lloyd and Lukashi stood up for a few minutes with a clipboard. And they said like, hey, we do improv. Uh, sign your name and email here. And so I did. And I thought it was a free workshop. And I was like, free improv workshop? That's a thing I thought I liked. I'm going to go to that. Um, and it turns out it wasn't a free workshop. It was a three-part audition. <laughs> uh, and, and there was no math. And there was no math at all. <laughs> um, and then I made the team, and they only took uh, three out of, like, 40 people who tried out. So that was really exciting. And then I was just really, like, appreciative of that. And, um, yeah, I just remember feeling really lucky. And I think just the whole audition period, I had zero pressure and I wasn't nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. So I was just a very confident, like, small woman. And they were just like, cool. Um, and so then I started performing with Presents the Improv, which is a theater troupe uh, that was in Sackville at the time and has been like reborn in Sackville since then. And we used to perform at uh, local pubs uh and get one suggestion for the whole night that's why it's called presents the improv because it would be like blank of the night presents the improv uh and another member of the presents the improv was the regional director at the time which was Lou Cashy uh, in combination with Justin Collette anyway and so they that I ended up volunteering because they 
were with it. Um, and when I tried it out, it was just this amazing environment. And it was like, oh my God, what have I been missing? Time to like make up for lost time. And so I just put all my efforts into it. Any free time I had, I was doing improv or helping with the CIGs. And then I started refing and then I coached for one year and then I became regional director. Wow. You yeah. did it. I, I did That's it. like rags to riches. Like. Yeah. Rags to riches. That's, <laughs> my, that's my Oliver Twist story. <laughs> I remember being in high school and then uh, Carly was on the Mount Allison team and I would get my dad to drive up on Wednesdays to Sackville, which was like 40 minutes away. And I saw that Carly made the team and I knew all the other performers because I was an improv nerd and uh, I saw Carly and then I remember that after the first show I was like well that's the funniest person I'll ever meet <laughs> but that was to Carly and now we're best friends which is not so but so hooray classic a lot of been a lot of friends have been made through the CIG in fact like I feel like you guys have all become best friends because of the Canadian improv games mm-hmm. do you think that's the re- like that's accurate and, and if so why Accurate, yes. Why? Mm, Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Proximity? You all went to different high schools? I I went to two different high schools. Because then, you know, obviously you meet friends Mm -hmm. outside of Mm -hmm. being a high school student. Did you know each other in high school? Uh, I knew them from their team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it was like a vaguely, like, hey, I get to see this person once a year. Uh, it's cool to see them great. Like, yeah. they're a great human. Um, and then kind of forget about them for another eight months. That was the thing, yeah. We'd go all year, and then the month leading up to regionals, I'd start to get really psyched that yeah. I was going to see these people that were so funny and so enjoyable to be around, but we didn't really go to the same school, so it's like you don't see them the rest of the year, and you kind of, like, fall off your radar. But when I when you get close to regionals, you'd think, oh, yeah, they're the best. I kind of wish I could be friends with them year-round. So I'd get really excited, and we'd get there, and then, like, the second you start working, warming up we'd start mixing with the other teams and you'd see them and yeah it was just like the most fun weekend of the year and I think it's it's <laughs> sad uh, that I'm probably better friends with people from other schools from CIG than I than I am with people I went to my own school just because people right. move away yeah, <laughs> and, and we all we all get together once a year and mm-hmm. do this still. I also think as like a, on a national level too now having gone and volunteered you know, I would only see uh, these other people maybe once a year, but it's so unreal how immediately that friendship comes back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like, I have 12 months of life to catch up with you, but I'm so happy to see you. And it's so mm-hmm. instant, too, the yeah. second you see the faces mm-hmm. of our, our friends. And do you think social media has had an impact on that? I think it's helped us, actually, with the, with the side of it that we don't see each other all, all of those 12 years, because... I know every time regionals or nationals rolls around, suddenly a lot of friend requests get sent out by me. Answer them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, then and then now suddenly we see all the things these people we know are doing, and the rest of the year when they're even if they if they're doing improv or other theater stuff, we now see all the projects they're working on. Because mm-hmm. um, I know Jay Reed has uh, Making Box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- y'all got you all have Making Box, and I remember watching the early stages of that being set up just over social media, so far away, like New Brunswick to to Guelph, and just watching like this like the logo appear the first time and like mm-hmm. the space and like all that mm-hmm. stuff and just thinking that's happening far away with this guy that's so great and what it's is making bucks it is a uh, improv company in Guelph oh, it's I, Guelph's number like it's, it is just the it's, 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 the, it's comedy comedy, the comedy theater the comedy theater in mm-hmm. school in Guelph yeah I think yeah yeah because there's, te- there's great classes going on there as well it's an excellent explanation mm-hmm. from me yeah it's very funny <laughs> watching the progression of that and we're gonna talk to Jay Reed in a few weeks 
for our attentive listeners. But it's really funny watching like the like unkillableness of improv that it mm-hmm. like survives in these we it's like a, some weird lichen. Mm-hmm. Like that it just can exist on like rocks in the back of a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, because the making box, which is now like a huge comedy theater and yeah. has instructed hundreds of people and sells at a show like twice a month started like at the legion we competed with like sports games as a lot of improv i think does and comedy does Mm -hmm. and it started like with really sort of humble roots as most improv and comedy does Mm -hmm. um and it's just fortunate that that communities latch on to like a good like and like in sackville new brunswick the community that latched on here was present and that was drafted from scigers like justin collette loved that enormously Mm -hmm. and he impacted sackville so much that it still goes on to this day Mm -hmm. in fact us three three Mm -hmm. three of these podcast members have been a part of presents what was it like transitioning from cig high school improv to outside improv and doing that uh it's a totally different ball game, I would say, in mm-hmm. a way. Um, you know, CIG definitely provides you with those skills and kind of uh, the bare bones that you need. Um, but going into long form is totally, like, it's whack. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing a set for longer than four minutes is just, it feels forever for the first time. Uh, and, you know, tonight is our uh, alumni show, and so to go back from doing half-hour sets to going back to four minutes, I'm like, how am I going to fit everything into a scene? Like, I can't tell a story in four minutes. So it's, it's weird how that, um, how that's gonna, how that works out, I guess. Um, but it, like anything, it just takes a couple times and just saying yes to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I think makes it almost easier for CIG students, assuming they don't get trapped in the CIG structure if they just take that kind of the spirit of going yeah uh absolutely i want to do this thing let's let's rock and roll um then you have no problem i'm just gonna say too that i have the opposite uh trajectory happening tonight with the because our Mm -hmm. cig alumni show is tonight and i have been lucky enough to be invited as an alumni even though i didn't do it in high school um and so yeah i've i've only ever really done post CIG improv and tonight I'm going to do CIG improv so let's see how that goes are you nervous for your thoughts I am very nervous um Andrew Michael motorcycle yes from 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 well, for me, once I graduated, I stopped, and I still. This is my first time doing like a legit, a legitimate full show since I stopped doing CIG. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. So I never really had that transition from a short form to a long form. Um, I have done both, but I've never done like a show since. CIG. So your last improv show was a CIG show. Mm-hmm. Yes, you've done last, sets. Though, I've done right? I've yeah. done like partial partial set set shows, but I've never done like a full show. Like I've done like a five to 10 minute set here and there, but I've never done like a full set. So are you just going to be like Robocop, like just, just Mm -hmm. dust off the rust and go for it? Like, are you still in that mode? Uh, we'll find out, I guess. Yeah, this is Uh, exciting because we've never done a podcast right before the alumni show and having everyone involved in the alumni show. Mm -hmm. So what pieces of advice are you giving yourself to go in this? I'm so (laughs) curious. Uh, try not, try not to care. 
Trying to care? Just have fun. You you already did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have anything to prove. <laughs> <laughs> like I have everything to prove to myself. <laughs> Like, it's just Michelle judging. What what do I have to say? <laughs> oh, it's not Michelle. It's me. Oh, yeah. oh, oh that's nemesis. I'm going to give 11 stuff. Great. <laughs> Which is the lowest possible score, oh, by the way, listeners. Thank you. No, you're all getting 59. Thank you. The highest possible score. <laughs> just give all me right. a range. Just give me a range. Everyone who just was listening to that is now a judge. That's all, <laughs> that's that's all, all you need to know. Need to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's either one or the other, nothing in between. <laughs> also, fit, like, out of 50, like being out of 59 like why not 60 so I learned this also if Quinn's listening to this which I know he is Quinn is my friend he's a regional director of Kingston he doesn't believe this 59 is intentionally weird because Truth. audiences can't multiply it by 2 to get a percentage or mm-hmm. pass fail and it sounds weird mm-hmm. so people go oh it's improv um, so <laughs> it actually encourages the audience to uh care less about the, the numbers because numbers. Um, oh, if you're like it's amazing. a 42 out of a 59 that's a hard fraction for people to figure people out. give up before they try they're exactly. like oh that's yeah. pretty good whereas <laughs> if we say like 35 out of 50 you can multiply that by mm. two and get a percentage and then load percentages and pass fails on scenes which is obviously something we don't want to encourage yeah, mm. no. what were the <laughs> things you thought as players or even watching the CIG mm-hmm. what rules did you think were a part of it that were broken after that weren't a part of it like, a lot of people think that everyone has to be in the scene Mm-hmm. They're like, well, if none of us yeah. are in the scene, we're not going to get the scores we want to get. And mm-hmm. I was just like, that's, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I know I had a team that thought no one was ever, ever allowed to die in a scene <laughs> and that you could never have a gun in a scene. Like they had these things that I think were just practices they wanted to have. But one time it was during a workshop and they got the suggestion rifle and they were like, but no guns, guys. And I'm like, suggestion was you can have a gun it's okay like, yeah. as long as it doesn't turn into like an old western for no reason like, yeah uh-huh. and like obviously death in an improv scene mm-hmm. is the biggest way to block any more offers yeah. from that person mm-hmm. but if the scene mounts to someone being shot yeah that's the way it goes shoot them guys if it <laughs> no, if the judge the, the judge don't go like automatic 11 yeah that person got shot <laughs> i used to think that if you didn't huddle for a scene that you would get a three on risk and so, <laughs> and so one year yt was performing and we didn't huddle and i never asked why but i was like yeah it's for the risk points but nothing's judged until the countdown begins yeah, yeah. so that the fact that we huddled or didn't huddle mm-hmm. the judges don't give a give a care yeah, in the world <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, a big thing is risk is now out of three. Risk is one of the categories on the judging sheet. It's a real judge-heavy talk. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't done this yet. We have, like, three judges. Uh, yeah, oh, it's all yeah. the judges, yeah. yeah. Um, it used to be judged out of five, just like a lot of the other skills, mm-hmm. and, and they were finding that, like, teams were just forgetting how to do it. <laughs> and just like, we're going to risk it all. We're going to make out on stage. We're going to swear. We're going to do, yeah. we're going to do, check, you know. Which we're going to pile these boxes. Yeah. Risky. <laughs> which, which isn't what risk is now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And, and risk mm-hmm. is so much more about like challenging yourself as an improviser, not as a human. Um, <laughs> and so they had to lower it to three because people were like hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I get that. And now, uh, what I have from some judges' perspectives is that risk. Uh, you there's out of three, so you get a one if it's called a plug and play. So if they have the idea in their head and then they play it out yeah. in the scene. An example would be like hot dog stand, which is a common improv game, like something really structured like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then a two is just improv, and then a three is doing anything that's difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like dancing or rhyming mm-hmm. or anything, even if the school is like a specialty in dancing and they form a dance number for their improv mm-hmm. scene, then we have to give them a three for risk because it's difficult for anyone else, even though they come from a school yeah. of dance or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So then teams have these misconceptions and just try to just get threes <laughs> on everything. Yeah. So they're like, we need that. Yeah, I'm always just like, oh, they get a two. Like, improv is difficult, and doing it when you're like 14 to 17 is the <laughs> hardest thing in the whole world. We had a team when you're in Tri-City, uh, the Tri-City region, that was one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, I'm pretty sure she, they would have given her a three for risk and all those because yeah. the fact that she showed up as one person. Mm-hmm. Just and what she she's did, doing she, is so much yeah, harder. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, true. She did really well. Mm-hmm. Victoria Sharp, you listening? Victoria yeah. Sharp, everyone. Victoria <laughs> Sharp. Then change the rule to say that you had to have at least two because people. of that. Yeah. Just such a, such a yeah. different. She she blazed a trail they didn't want others to follow <laughs> yeah. necessarily. Like, excellent, excellent. Okay, yeah. never again. <laughs> she came back uh, the next year with two other people, yeah. so it was three people. She did it. She's great. Uh, she went to Improv U a couple of years. Improv University, uh, high school um, improv camp in Sherbrooke, Quebec, mm-hmm. at Bishop's University, week long camp. Going back to transitioning out of CIG and into uh, into post CIG life, uh, actually, Curtis and I did Next Act Festival, which is uh, from ages nineteen to twenty four, I believe, and it's held every summer in various cities across Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a super cool time um, to kind of <laughs> kickstart, uh, you know, a new a new step in continuing improv. And, yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. Something that always helped me continue improv is having just like a role model or you see someone you're just like, oh my goodness, they're wonderful. You know, did you guys have any improv role models growing up or seeing that that really helped you along the way? Role models or role shapers? And how did they help? Well, there was this like weird hierarchy at the high school we went to for like people who came through. Uh, people who would come through and they were just known for, for being good and mainly one of the main reasons that they're probably still known it's because they also still volunteered. So you knew who they were. You know that they were still involved and doing well. Yeah, so there's that weird group of people. Who are those people? You can name drop in this. I, I can name drop. Uh, yeah. Justin Collette. Yeah. Uh, Scott Lloyd. Uh, Michelle Hart. She's right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all went to the same high school. Isn't that nutso butso? Yeah, yeah. it's nutso. <laughs> also, uh, a flashback memory. Um to sitting in a high school in our high school auditorium and this is before I had considered uh, trying out or, or being involved in improv other than being an audience member once a year uh, and it was Max Tennyson and Scott Lloyd and they were just being really energetic and I just remember Max Tennyson had a Godzilla shirt on and I was like that is the kind of person I need to be <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that's also a, a contributing factor to how I got here uh, that's amazing yeah. we saw Max Tennyson in Vancouver made him a pie thanks Max yeah uh, I had I had role shapers and they were the people who were running the regional tournament at the time um, and so that would have been Scott Lloyd and uh, Lukashi uh, and all those friendlies. And I remember in my second year volunteering, I did sort of feel this uh, pressure to, like, earn your 
keep or something like that. Um, but I know that in my second year, I went from like selling t-shirts and doing merch and stuff like that to being head referee. And it's because I just happened to be like the best suited for the job that year. And I remember that was a really big deal. I remember like Scott Lloyd told me like in a car in Woodstock, cause we were there at like really early in the morning to teach a workshop. And I just remember being like, wow, I can't believe that I didn't have to like earn this that I like already had or that it should just go to the person who like cares the most or is best suited for a job or, or something like that. That was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So I guess we'll do our, our we have, have two questions. Yeah. Um, question number one, which is the Canadian Improv Games is turning 40. This is our 40th anniversary. Part one is what does 40 years of improv in Canada mean for Canada? Part two, you can answer either is where do you see the games heading over the next 40 years? Um, That's a big question. <laughs> yeah. It's a great uh, question. Yeah. I hope it gets bigger. I hope it gets answered. Um, it was, I had a really interesting, uh, so I spent three months in Barcelona, and I was able to do an international improv festival there uh, at the very end of my trip, which was an amazing experience. Uh, big shout-out to Big If, um, the Barcelona Improv Group International Festival. I believe those are all the letters. Um, But it was really cool meeting a bunch of uh, international improvisers from all over the world. Um, And all of them seemed to know that Canada was a big hotspot for, like, improvised theater. Really? Um, Yeah, which was very odd. Um, And then I, I would explain kind of this concept and, like, you know, all of these people are, you know, being in your mid-20s was young. A lot of them were a lot older, and I would say kind of explain what the CIGs were. You know, it's a cross-country, mm-hmm. you know, nonprofit organization that high school students do. Like, they do improv, and that's how I got started in this. And they were just they blown away um, that a country so huge would have something that connected, uh, which I think was a really special um, and cool thing to show off, I guess. <laughs> Be like, yes, I am a part of it. Uh, um, and in, I think in the future, just uh, growing bigger and stronger. We're just going to have a family of all of Canada. We're all going to be improvisers. Um, and that's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I have like a sappy, like philosophical answer. Because uh, I was genuinely like, where's it going to go? Hmm. Uh, and then I just started thinking that it's not really going to be up to me because as we've been talking about in the podcast, we all had some excellent role models and although we're nice, modest people, we're not going to address the fact that now we're role models to a lot of people younger than us and then they're going to come in and be volunteers and then they're going to be role models to the next crew and it, it's, uh, all these waves of really passionate, really wonderful people and they're going to be the people who are directing where it goes. And anyway, it's just a really nice warm thought for me anyway to know that I like I have no idea, but I trust that down the chain people are gonna make mm-hmm. awesome decisions. Mm-hmm. That's gonna make it grow. so many beautiful people. Yeah, it's only grown so far and I don't see that trend ending anytime soon. People being born right now who will be taking care of this in yeah. twenty years. <laughs> yeah, it's the future. It's so true. It's not gonna be us. I mean we'll be, I don't know, in the wings like crying or something, you know, as we always do. We're very emotional and uh, but yeah, it's 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 only been so great, and it's going to be so much more great, and it's mm-hmm. such a good thing. The connectedness, like Sam said, was just I think so powerful that I mean Spencer, Michelle, you're both seeing this firsthand right now. The going across 
country and I'm sure having a place to stay in every city and yeah. little village in between. Yeah. And I think that's been true for all of us. If ever we're yeah. in a in a in a pickle somewhere in the country, I've always had a place to stay, which is like this weird thing I never expected. Right. But that's been I mean, the the networking, the the genuine human friendships you've made with people you would never have met we've asked this question a lot and obviously and a ton of people like every person we talk to says like yeah i've got a couch to crash on in every city which is like to me such an improv want yeah that they don't they're not like these people are going to make me rich these people are going to be my network for business they're like yeah i got a basement apartment i can sleep in there like it's such a it's such a small want but it is so palpable in the country also, it's such a more, tr- like, a base level of trust, right? Yeah. It's like, I will yeah. welcome anyone into my home yeah. that yeah. I have maybe met once. You do CIGs in high school? Come on in. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, and even if, like, one of you messaged me and said, like, hey, a friend of mine, an improv friend of mine is coming through. Can they stay at your house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, again, I, and even if I've never met them, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got a spot for them. My sister yeah. just moved to Newfoundland to go to school, and I was like, if you ever need help, yeah. I've got people. I got people who can be there in five minutes. I got people minutes. with cars. I got yeah. people with houses. I they can... will pick you up. Yeah. Yeah. I got dogs. I got eagles. <laughs> Andrew, do you have a an answer, or are we going to shift? Uh, I just yeah. wanted to get bigger and better. Great. Aww. Mm-hmm. All right. Close your eyes. Picture, even if you didn't do CIGs in high school. Thank you. That it, uh, you are in a night of play, and it is... The very last time that you know you'll do uh, this format of the games in high school, in those events. And if you could tell yourself one thing in this moment, or that moment that happened, what would you tell yourself? It's not over. That's exactly I was so what I was thinking. scared that night that that was the end of it. And then it, it so wasn't. I remember even that summer I, I was at... Um, I was actually at Improv U because <laughs> I, I was lucky enough to go. And that first year, the first year it started up, and it was actually a smaller group than I think goes now. It was like maybe 30 people or so, very small. And I made some friends I'm still friends with. But I remember knowing that I had Improv U ahead, so I wasn't thinking it's it's over now. I thought after Improv U, it's over. That's like the last. That'll be a goodbye. And I met all these people, and I remember thinking, okay, well, that's so sad. And then as I was leaving... I got a text from some people here in Sackville, and they were like, we're starting up uh, sort of some big improv stuff. Are you? Do you want to come play? And that was so great. That's what I needed right then. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was my biggest fear, that it would be over with. And here we are, like, several years later, and it's it's for sure not, and there's only more coming. Yeah, just have, have fun. Don't try to take it too seriously. It's not done. We'll keep going. I think first I would say it's not over, and then secondly I would say uh, enjoy this moment. Like, really do be present in this moment, uh, because the show itself will end, uh, and in classic fashion of me, I black out every scene I've ever done. Uh, (laughs) As soon as it's like, and scene, I'm like, well, I don't know what I just did, hope it was good. But yeah, to just really commit commit yourself to the moment and just uh, enjoy enjoy the positive friendships um, that that you get to be a part of and kind of revel in that in that magic. Uh, I guess what I would say to uh, a student who like today was doing their last scene um, is 
probably less beautiful and less sentimental. Um, but I'm just, I always think about the sort of skills that they build and that they don't know that they're building because they're learning these things in order to produce a show or in order to produce a scene. But I just remember, like, sometimes you can just look at a student and you're like, oh my God, that student is going to nail every job interview they ever do or like oh that student is a really excellent listener and I bet that she's gonna have really rewarding friendships or like she's gonna have an excellent like interpersonal life and it's just it's really interesting because I can see it I can see into their futures that's not what I mean but I can guess uh, a lot of the benefits that they're going to get from improv that maybe they don't know they're gonna get yet and so I just want to be like man you guys like you're all set all of you, you're set. Yeah, and it's fun watching them and going like, "This will never not have been part of your life now." Mm-hmm. That like you will always be someone now, even if you don't say an improv. But like mm-hmm. you will at your law firm yes. say like, "Oh yeah, I did improv in high school." Yeah, it'll yeah. never not be a part of their mm-hmm. life. Now. Suddenly they're excellent skills. public speakers and yeah. they lead the yeah. staff meetings and da da da. And, and they're, they're like all... they're different for having been an improv and yeah. maybe they don't yeah. know that. And I think it's because in school we do such learning on like paper mm-hmm. and chalkboards mm-hmm. and whiteboards, but this. <laughs> just doing it and it's like those learners who finally come together and just are like fist through walls good mm-hmm. uh yes Michelle Hart <laughs> quoted fist through walls good and, and see.